Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Blog Talk Radio. This is Master Grio Radio, channel 13 on your NBBTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for purpose-driven words. Shaping thoughts, building minds, true wealth, communities, and legacies. If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day. Welcome to the Digital Drummer, Jim Newson with the official Urban Tech Fair radio broadcast. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I'm one of your co-hosts for this moment in time. We also have a new co-host that will be coming aboard soon, Ms. Bonnie Sandy of Brooklyn, New York. And we have a great show for you today. Today we're asking the question, Black Funding Black crowdfunding sites, are they necessary? Our special guest today that will help us answer this question is Marlon L. Adams, Esquire, straight from the underground space shuttle, (laughs) as founder and CEO of culturalgrassroots.com. And we can take advantage of this Internet radio. And right now you can open up a window or a new tab and go to www.culturalgrassroots, that's C-U-L-T-U-R-A-L-G-R-A-S-S-R-O-O-T-S.com. As founder and CEO of culturalgrassroots.com, Mr. Adams brings to discussion the need for black crowdfunding portals. Now, with millions being raised through Kickstarter and Indiegogo, Go-Go, is there really a need for a crowdfunding portal to specialize in black projects? That's the question that we're asking today. 
And um, just to give you a little background, and he's going to give us some more details, but Mr. Adams has many of years of experience in business as an attorney, film distributor, producer, and essayist. Mr. Adams calling the term cultural grassroots in the mid-1990s as VP of Legal Business Affairs for KJM3 Entertainment Group the independent film distribution company behind the success of Julie Dash's Daughters of the Dust and Rual Peck's Man by the Shore. And the Urban Tech Fair, as we stated, is the official official broadcast. I'm sorry, the digital drummer, as we stated, is the official broadcast, radio broadcast for the Urban Tech Fair. And this is really... We're going from blog to radio. Jim started blogging back as early as the 70s about black and technology, and he's been consistently keeping us aboard till he got the nickname the Digital Drummer. So this show, The Digital Drummer, just brings to the airwaves that which Jim has been doing on the Internet for years. And um, for all those who call in, if you're ready to call in, you want to call in, you can call in to 646-716-7994. You can call in to listen or talk. Now, if you would like to speak or ask a question, press the number 1, and that way I will know that you would like to speak. And you can press 1 at any time during the interview. So now, without any further ado, I bring on our special guest, Marlon L. Adams, Esquire. Good day, Mr. Adams. Good evening, good evening. How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm good, good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being our special guest. Now, we like to start with, because we're just everyday people all here And we would really like to take a moment to get to know you. So the world wants to know, who is Marlon L. Adams, the man? And then you can share with us your claim to fame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, actually, your introduction, and I read a little on your your site, um, kind of sums it up. Um, I'm a... um, Long-time business person who's been in the the, the entertainment business for, for a while, uh, based out of New York City, and started as an attorney, um, representing writers, producers, directors, film, music, television, theater, um, lots of interesting and, and capable and bright people doing great things, and and um, you know it was it was quite an experience. Um, and one that led me to uh, to to into the film distribution business because of, of just how dynamic the, the whole entertainment image and story business is. Um, it wasn't just music. It wasn't just um, literature, or theater. It was you know it was all of that, and and and, and then the internet came along, and so um, you know we had quite a quite a run. Um, but one common thing that that I think. Uh, came out of that experience was just the power of of what we call entertainment but you know in the age in the digital age it really all breaks down into just what they call is content and, and x's and o's and, and when you think of it that way you, you know it comes information and, and, and information is, is with how people live and how people kind of understand the, um, their lives and, and, and their ambitions so 
um, uh, being an entertainment attorney has been really uh, an exercise in activism, if you will, because you know we deal with the the, the stock and trade of of people changing people's minds, which is you know words and images, stories. And that's me in a nutshell. I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I don't do much else, really, to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, there's a lot of aspects of it. You know, we, I made a film the other day. I'm mean, not the other day. Last uh, last quarter, I made a, okay. uh, a little short, a little short film. Um, another interest. Well, and it's all connected. You know, it's all connected. I, mm-hmm. The film. You know, um, I got into the 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 this crowdfunding thing. And on the crowdfunding thing, I mean, think about it. 2009. Um, Kickstarter started 2009, six years ago today, and already they've done and they just did about a billion dollars worth of transactions, right? Um, in 2014, into 2014, they took the two billion dollar mark, and you know fees out of that probably they've probably taken half a million dollars worth of fees or somewhere around there um, since then, but the the point is that it's it's a brand new industry and. Um, I mean, it's so new that it, there, there are no, you know, uh, established routes to success. You know, there are no uh, none of the traditional barriers to entry. You know, uh, and, and how I got on to, to to how got onto it really was um, I was watching um, one of these um, web series, um, Black and Sexy TV. These young kids from uh, uh, from um, L.A. They're out in L.A. and they had they literally had a little television studio going there. They had like four or five, six shows that they were producing, all web series, right? All the mm-hmm. same genre. I mean, it, it, and you know, it was it was dynamic, and you know, and, and their aesthetic was dynamic. You know, um, it reminded me, you know, what we were. I mean, well, come on. I mean, this is the second, third. This is about the third iteration of the natural hair movement that I've been a part of. You know, in life, right? Mm-hmm. So the seventies and then in New York we did you know, we had lots and stuff rolling in the early in the nineties, eight late eighties, nineties, right on up through and then boom, in nineteen you know, twenty fifteen we got a you know, or twenty I guess ten it started again. But um yeah, it's been you know, so I was just impressed with what they were doing and it was a continuation of what we tried to do what we were doing in film and you know, it was so cumbersome in those days. I think back on the days when we were doing daughters and, and, you know, we were in the film distribution business. I mean, you literally you had to bike sickle a print, which was like seven, eight cans, which were had to be mm-hmm. two feet in diameter around, and altogether they weighed, you know, more than one person could lift by themselves. Uh, it was quite a cumbersome business, and, you know, you had to do all this publicity that had to be hard copies of this and that. And you know we we were out there trying to build infrastructure and um, so that we it would be easier and that the cycle can re- replenish itself and so that people would be part of that process and you know just in terms on a, a utilitarian level people are part of the, part of the process of distributing films we had a publicist we had a, a, a visual artist we had a, a we had a guy who wrote copy for us we had a street uh, a pub, um, a publicity person we had an events person. Um, you know, on and on. You know, and it was mm-hmm. just a, a whole operation, and and each little piece of the puzzle, you know, fed the other piece, and was just one big infrastructure of. Um, and so um, that, and, and you know, we were missing big pieces of that. We, as in 
KGM3, but we as black folks who had a black film, okay, let's just be yeah. honest. In Hollywood, um, they have what they call black audience films, right? Yeah. That, so, so it's a broader category. It's not just a film with black people in it. It could be a film that they they uh, that they calculate you know appeals to black people, but generally they're black films with black people and dealing with you know any number of circumstances. It's always pretty melodramatic type stuff that they're talking. About. Well, you know, you live here too. Yeah. Ah, you know, you know. I mean, um, Tyler and Perry didn't invent that stuff. That stuff's been going on for a while. You know, we used to deal with that. Um, but um, this is you know this is um, a, a an area where it's expected, right, that you would that you would want to see your own image, that you would want to hear your own story, right? Yeah. It's expected. And, and as long as, you know, and then Hollywood is turning, you know, they do their thing and they have the whole B market of it straight to video, straight to Netflix, straight to however people are getting it nowadays. And um, so that's, you know, that's that's part of what's, but so when I saw that these, these folks so were doing what we were trying to get started. We were trying to lay the ground for the part of the puzzle because as an attorney, I was representing a lot of people. I mean, lots of people, a lot of smart people, you know. We were in this, you know, just lots of, I mean, the whole, the whole George, um, uh, well, I'm guy, I'm losing his name, but over at the, the uh, public theater, um, there was people like Susan Laurie, Parse, Carl Hancock, Ruff, um, uh so I mean, this it was just you know we we had a, 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 just a, a lot of people, good talent around. So we and then my partners were coming out of um, um, arts administration. Um, okay, women make movies, AIVF Association of Independent Video Filmmakers, um, um, television syndication, and all these people, right? And, and, and each running into what we were doing. We were seeing the same kinds of um, issues, right? And part of that was getting the, the, the story to the uh, people that were the stuff that was being made, getting it to people that this stuff that was being made. But ultimately, came we came to the realization that it was the stuff that was getting made that was the important piece. That we really, it was that everybody was really on their own getting stuff made, and they could they had to do it any way they could, you know, mortgage okay. their house, their, any any way but what was traditional in Hollywood. Um, in terms of independent films, which are you go out and you raise it from the industry, right? And, it, you know, more of that came along um, where you could get video deals and they give you a certain amount of money you can make, you know, get something done. And, you know, there was a, you could add up the money in there for these, with that, what I call urban ghetto melees films. That's what I call them. Um, <laughs> there was three categories of films they made. Ghetto melees, it was the urban melees, um, coon comedies, and these um, up from slavery type panegyric films where, you know, Somebody yeah. saving you or facilitating you saving yourself, <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff. And that's what they did. That's what they did well, and, and, it, and it went over, and, it, and some of it was better than others, you know. And then every once in a while, a nice, a really good independent black film would get through or a well-done Hollywood film would get through, or all sort of Hollywoodish. But, you know, like um, um, you, uh, I remember when um, After Daughters there was um, – uh, well, this is right before, right before Daughters, right after Daughters. It was um, House Party. Um, you know, this was Spike Lee's out there, and Spike was doing his stuff. Like Spike's stuff was all pretty good in the beginning. You know, to, you know she's got to have it. You know, was probably the best I thought of what he was doing at that time. And then, then you had some a couple of good ones come out, and but there was a whole diet of this stuff that was just, you know, just uh, you know, it was just crazy. 
And so yeah. we were like, we could do, we could do much better than this. We could do much better than this. And and you know, but that was it. And we 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 knew the people who could do better. We we, we had relationships through our different roles. We knew people who do. And my partners had relationship with Julie Dash and and and, and um, Charles Burns, Ned, and and Nima and all these people out in Hollywood who were really just kind of doing their own thing. Nima ended up doing a lot of stuff with with the Cosby Show. He was director of the area. Charles, you know, did a few films for Disney and so on and so forth. But so we were seeing all this, and but okay. we all kept stumbling. That, that that the creation moment, right? So when I saw these kids, these young folks from Black and Sexy, it just said, I just said to myself, my God, this is we, you know, I sent them some money and I said, I called some people, I said, hey, we can do this, you know, send these some folks some money, let's get this, and in fact, let's send them a bulk, you know, let's let's bundle some money so we can send them a bunch of money and we can have a conversation with them about what they're doing. So because we've been out here, we did some of this stuff, we can give them some tips, but we can also, you know, maybe be helpful, but. um and when I started doing the bundling, it dawned on me. I said, like, damn, you know, I could do this whole car crowdfunding thing. And, you know, the whole idea of the site came up because the idea that we could be the producers, that we could fill the hole that was that was the biggest gap in what we were trying to do back in the day when we had daughters, was the funding for the supply of films. We, KDM3 Entertainment Group, couldn't survive ultimately as a film distribution company because there was no product. There was no product that was being, um, independent product that was being produced. Everything black that came out for the black audience, so called, was uh, encumbered by Hollywood. They owned it. It was theirs. Right? Yeah. So we had, there was no part. So we couldn't get part of the industry. We couldn't be, we had no part of an industry of, in, in something that, you know, images and stories. Now, all by those images were kind of retrogressive in our mind, and and but we but that was the, the moment we said, damn, we got this is what we have to do, and so this when I saw Black and Sexy, I said this is the opportunity to continue along the lines of we, where we left off, and and um, that led to the idea for the crowdfunding and, and and the idea that we need a site because specifically for that reason, specifically because the kind of films we want to see, right. It's three-dimensional images and stories from the African diaspora, right? That's not going to happen in Hollywood, right? That'll happen every mm-hmm. once in a while. It'll be that's an event type of thing for them. You know, every once in a while they'll do something they think is really deep. You know, call it Homestead, uh, uh, or whatever, whatever. Like, okay, whatever. But that's not you know what we think is all that deep. You know, it's your money. You do what you want. But you know, but but here's the opportunity to say this is what we think is deep. Here's the money. Okay. Here's what we want to see happen. And that kind of, when you start thinking in terms of, you know, what is it that you want? How do you see yourself? Not what the guy with the money sees you as and you trying to mediate his expectations with your reality, right? That's this. When people say, why do you need a black hunt? This is specifically why. (laughs) Because if you go to the general market, a film about a scholarship core and the success of her revolutionary struggle and getting away uh, in the midst of all the chaos and the corruption of our government and the police and the FBI, they're not going to tell that story the way we're going to tell it. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to tell that story. We have to tell that story. And plenty of other stories we have to tell. And that's what, that's yeah. what crowdfunding is all about. That's what crowdfunding does for us. It builds infrastructure where nobody's going to do it for you. Right? Yeah. Nobody's going to set you up as a, as a you know, L'Oreal is going to buy 
Cal's daughter before they you know they, they set her up with uh, infrastructure of of R and D and a manufacturing operation and some retail and you know and some logistics and all that and they're not gonna go. Oh, we'll set you up. We'll take you over. That's what yeah. we do. We do that. We have all that, and we go out and we put we layer things on top and we charge you for all that. That's why we're the big dogs. So we have the infrastructure, right? We can do anything. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when Fubo was big. I remember Fubo back in the day. Yeah. Well, my my wife was in, in the corporate world at the time, and so she she came across the Fubo people because they were looking. You know, it was advertising things. She was doing cosmetics and so on and so forth. So we got to know them a little bit. And and guess what? The company's run by four people. That's it. That's it. The whole company. Not even mm-hmm. four people. It was really one. The one where one of my wife was was inter- interacting with was. The operations person, and she did everything. <laughs> the other guys, you know, they did this, they did this, everything. They kept them in media and all that. But the reason they were able to do it that way is because the infrastructure was owned by the South Koreans. <laughs> the, the garment business, or, or, I don't know if it's exactly South Korean, but they, I believe it's part of that, you know, South Korean um, uh, cable down there. But the point is, is that that infrastructure is, is where all the garment industry was going to get jeans. It would be, you know, they put their label on the jeans, but they're all the same jeans. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah, football, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So the point is, is that infrastructure is the key. And Carol's daughter couldn't survive as a company, a natural hair company, because she was, she couldn't do it all. She couldn't do it all. Right? Yeah. She had to buy she had to buy her products from people who didn't care about natural hair at all. You know what I mean? People who yeah. just out there to make their money. But she had to she had to get into stores that people didn't give a damn and who in fact didn't care but didn't really want you in there or didn't do anything to help you be in there. So that's the kind of um those are the kinds of things where you really specifically need to have your own capacity, right? If you're trying to do general market stuff for general market people, fine, you gotta be part of what's going on out there. If you're doing some specific things where you're where you have a competitive advantage, then you need to get in and find a way to dominate that whole infrastructure, and that's where money comes in: the startup money, the seed money, the capital okay. to provide for our people who are building infrastructure, the people okay. who are trying to be in this kind of business. Great. Now, Mr. Adams, we do have a question, um, but before, real quick, we go to the question, I just wanted to ask you a couple little questions, and we're coming right to you on the 310. We'll be right with you. I just did want to ask you first, where are you from? New York. New York. Okay. Now, we just, this helps us get to know you as a person. So you were born and raised in New York? Yeah, so I was born in New York. All right. All right, another Brooklyn. Oh, gosh, another oh, Brooklyn's in the house. Okay. <laughs> all righty, so you being yeah, around entertainment. Yeah, I went to all schooling, did all my, all my schooling. You know, I went to NYU for undergraduate, and I went to uh, CUNY Law for law school, and, uh, and you know, just practiced right there in Manhattan and did, that, did all that there. So I'm a, you know, okay. New York person. Alrighty. So um, after we had this question and come back, I do also want to talk about, um, <clears throat> you know, the fact that there there are several black crowdfunding sites. So where do we get past having a whole bunch of sites that are doing little business till we we can really, 
you know, begin to produce? How do we convince each other to support one another? And then how do we build real infrastructure that we're not building businesses, like you said, off of one end, but we don't own the core infrastructure. We're not doing the manufacturing and um, we don't have a real vertical paradigm. But we're going to talk about that later. First, we're going to go to to a person from the 310. Hello. Hi. My name is Hi. Tonya. Hi, Tonya. <laughs> How are you? I was wondering if that was you. I'm three, three. Um, the, you know, I still, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to be on a little longer. And I really wanted to find out a little bit more about who he was, what company he represents, because um, uh, we believe in infrastructure also. And um, and and we're actually creating a business incubator, corporate infrastructure for our African American community. So we also understand how necessary it is for us to have that. Um, but he's talking about raising funds, and that's the problem. You know, how do we do that? And, and and he's talking about that he's ready to invest in things that um that are that are going to help create that infrastructure. Um and so we're in the process of doing that. And, you know, and I'll talk about that a little later. I don't want to infringe on what some of the things are that he's going to talk about. But, you know, um how do you raise the funds and when do you, because we're creating a scenario film. We understand that our folks have got to see what it looks like in order for us to continue to move forward, and we need funding for the scenario film that's showing us winning in the future by doing it the correct way, uh, by having a true infrastructure that works. So, um, you know, I just want to hear a little bit more about that. I want to know a little bit more about his background and some of the folks that he's possibly uh, affiliated with. And then, you know, I'd like to make sure that he gets my information. And, uh, you know, because I'm in California right now, but I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. So okay. I understand. Okay. So, Tonya, when you say we, I know who you are, but just for our listening audience and for Mr. Adams, um, <clears throat> just introduce yourself and say who you we are, your organization. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Okay, because <laughs> you know I wanted this to be about him right now. No, but and that, can that I... just helps. That just helps because you keep saying we, so that just helps people understand a little bit better. You can just say your name and the yeah, name please. of your organization. Okay, um, we are Global Business Incubation. We are what you call a think and do tank and a research organization about economic development and uh, uh, you know researching what we really need to do to help rebuild our communities economically. And uh, so we're about business incubation, but doing it the right way, doing it the way it's supposed to be done as a true infrastructure for our community. And we've been around for a while, and we created a, a very successful multimedia entertainment technology business incubator in downtown Los Angeles that uh, was very successful. But it didn't help our folks because we weren't able to attract them to the project. So, I, you know, anybody who's talking about how we raise money to get it done for us, I want to know them because that's who we are, too. And yeah, Mr. Adams? Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, well, um, and at the Cultural Grassroots site, you know, there's, you know, contact my email there. 
Um, it's um, M Adams at culturalgrassroots.com. But um, I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't, grassroots... I, didn't, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, my email is M as in Marlin, M Adams uh-huh. at culturalgrassroots.com. That's the traditional oh, okay. spelling of the word cultural grassroots. Okay. All one word, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm all for that. Well, you know, I tell you, um, well, that's what I, that's what crowdfunding is. That's the that's the answer to the to the, the the question of where are where is the 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 where is the financial backing for black innovation and black innovators? And when you say black innovation, you're talking about things that are are improving and that are changing and impacting our circumstances. That's what I consider black innovation. It don't have to be some new product, but it's got to be a new way of doing things that are going are pushing the envelope forward. And, and, and obviously the infrastructure building is all about that. Um, and black innovators are people that are innovating on, in, on anything. They could be, you know, creating an app that's, that, that, that's going to go, you know, on, 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 on one of the popular sales platforms. Um, and it's going to be sold general market, but they need startup capital, right? That's that's what they can come. That they need a place to go. Why do they have to go to you know Wall Street or or you know first place you always think of is friends, family, business associates. Well, our networks are a little thin in in a lot of ways in, in, for for black folks. When you look at net um, family worth and all that, those numbers, those are real numbers. And you know, uh, and, and people with zero um, net worth. Are not going to be, you know, a a, a very lucrative uh, pool of people to solicit for money. You know, in terms of, you know, you're trying to solicit your your mom, her friend, and her cousin, you know, for a hundred thousand dollars. You know, that it's, it's, it's not working out. We we know that. Crowdfunding is the answer to that problem. Now it's it's your mom, her friends, and also you had an email list of three hundred. When you they all went to cultural grassroots and joined, and that's a community of fifty thousand of people who all really are obtained for the same reason, because we're looking for the opportunity to support black innovation and creativity for on our own behalf. We want to be first in. We want to be the angels for our kids when they're coming up with great ideas. We want to inspire creation of great ideas because they know we're here. All right? They um, heard that cultural grassroots has 150,000 people sitting on there waiting for good ideas from black folks. And so now they're you know going around thinking, you know. You know what? Um, one thing? Yeah, yeah. Can I? I, I just want to say one go thing. Ahead, go ahead, Tonya. Um, I totally understand innovation, and I totally understand what's necessary and what's needed. Um, the Silicon Valley was built and based on 28 business incubators that supported those great young people with ideas. That's what we're talking about doing. And so I'm looking to partner with people like yourself because we are business incubator experts on how to do it the right way so that we provide the right kind of support for these young people with these great ideas. We're the folks that have the, the knowledge, and we need to be their mentors. You're, you're, I don't know if you're an elder like myself, but um, there we, we know some young people who are doing some dynamic things, but they still yeah. need our support, our guidance, as well as the money. And so I'm listening to you because I need to figure out how we get the money. We have everything else, and we need support from folks who understand. I mean, we have to create it ourselves, and we all have to own it. 
So that's yeah. what we're creating. And um, well, I don't have know, a I problem like with sharing all of our information with you. Yeah, I like uh, the incubator idea. Want, I really like well, the incubator idea. Yes. And, and they're yeah. and they're local, and you know, they're they're because they're, 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 they're right in the in the communities that they're serving, and and you know, um, the good thing about the um, the crowdfund because you know, an incubator could crowdfund some startup capital. Okay, here's what our plan is: we're we're serving this area. Da, 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 da. We've got you know, we've been in business for a certain amount of time, and we and we've already you know helped various businesses get up and running, and here's some that are doing their thing. And so on and so forth. Yeah, you can make a case for for helping um, um, to to get a project off the ground or or an infusion on something. But crowdfunding, you know, is is not the answer to operational capital. It's 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 really not that it's set up that way so far. Right now, it's really um, been effective at getting startup capital, giving people the money to get these projects off the ground, up and running, getting very specific goal orientated things done. So, um, uh, and I, but I like I said, it, it certainly can be applied in, in terms of projects that you're doing, um, um, uh, you know, like maybe little discrete little pushes that you're making in certain sectors or something. You wanted to crowdfund some startup, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how it would go, but it, it could, I can see that working. Um, but the, one of the beauties of crowdfunding, and you let the crowd, I mean, the crowd, what we've determined, and there's been, you, you, as you might imagine, this is a, a burgeoning industry that's it's beginning, and there's lots of academics in it now, and they're doing all kinds of studies. And one of the recent studies found that the crowd is, is as smart or smarter than the professionals at picking winners and avoiding the, 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 the things that are not going anywhere. So and and, and the, the levels of fraud are very minuscule. Uh, nothing, you know, like the, the the scaremongers on Wall Street are trying to make people believe. Oh, you know. But the point is that the we the crowd is very smart, right? And and it, and this whole open, transparent, transactional thing is is, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. If you go to Kickstarter right now, you can look up any project, future or past projects that are there. The ones that have gone on, and even if they failed or they succeeded, and you can find out everything about it, what the promoter did, what their video looked like, who, all the people that, um, not the names of the people, but the, how many people contributed, how much money, and you can do all the math and, and, and find out how long it did, and you can learn a lot of information about what happened there, and 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 you can see, um, you know, why people might might have um, supported this project or not. It's completely open and transparent, and people are making their decisions based on what is plausible, right? What is what looks good? What makes sense? Do these people look like they know what they're doing? Do they have they, they had a track record? They're doing those and making those decisions and they're coming up with winners. Out of the I I read a statistic um that um last year oh, oh well I think it was out of the out of the I think it was out of some number of projects that had been funded. Over forty oh, I think it was over forty five companies firm companies had been established. Corporations out of projects that started as prototypes and products, forty or forty fifty companies have been started. This is this is what, what what the promise of crowdfunding is, and and what we have to really start to begin to focus on now. Kickstarter is one big dog, okay. There's a bunch of other ones out there. Everybody's segmenting market on based on their little this or that. Indiegogo is the second in command around in in the states, but in in the UK. They're way out in front of us because they're they're actually getting to the point where they're allowing um, unaccredited investors to get equity. That's what that's the that's what we need where we're trying to move here in this country, and that, you know, we have the framework set up for it. And we're just waiting for the sector to finish those rulemaking. 
But we have to get as black folks. We have to understand that um, we let's we, be. So we have to be scientific about the marketplace itself. Culturalgrassroots.com. I I I don't want it just to sound uh, you know um, it will come out the wrong way, but the concept and what we're trying to do is really isn't for. It's not a general market concept, okay? Um, because there's lots of people out there who are driven corporate media's expectations about their life and their ambition. It is. That's the world we live in. We know that. Lots of black folks in this country are driven by that, right? And something like this, what we're trying to do here, probably not going to be the kind of thing that they're going to be attracted to. Okay, um, this is something very specific to people who wake up every day trying to figure out we can do better, right? And they see themselves in the we because everybody knows that we all individually have all kind of capacity. And black folks don't have to prove to anybody that individually we got all. We go from president to astronauts. We've done it all, right? What we haven't done is we proved as a group that we can compete with these other groups that are competing hard and in in providing support base for their best and brightest. Because right now, our best and brightest work for somebody else. They don't work for us. And that's mm-hmm. the dynamic with the crowdfunding can help us change. Now, Miss um, Adams, um, I guess just to the whole audience, one thing I would like to say, and for us to look at this large picture, now, Mr. Adams contacted us, Urban Tech Fair, because he's on our email list, and he got the Social Digest, and um, this was the solution cast that we did about um, funding our own Silicon Valleys. And so he was saying that's right on point. That's where he introduced cultural grassroots. I looked it up, and he said this this would be a valid conversation. I said, well, great. And we're getting the conversation started here, and then we're actually going to do a solution cast um, in April to follow it up where we can do, you know, video and get in a little bit more detail. But one thing I just would like us to look at as the audience and where I feel probably the Urban Tech Fair where we hope to – to fit in is that we need to establish establish our own ecosystem. Everyone else, there's an ecosystem. And one thing cannot exist without the other. Now, the one thing that I like most about what you're saying, Mr. Adams, about cultural grassroots is that it is for the person that says, I want to be part of the solution. This is what we talked about when we're saying about funding our own Silicon Valley and why we brought that up because, yes, there are people with startup businesses, they want to know how to get VC funding, how to get this and that. But the whole thing is why it's so hard to compete because they're competing amongst people, of course, who are funding their people from their own community. Mm-hmm. And and they're not within that community. Now they may have a good viable business idea and they'll go for it, but if there was a pool of funding of people from your community, it would be easier to obtain funding because you're not competing, you know, at a deficit. And it's not even an issue of prejudice, but, hey, I know these people. They're from my community. I relate more to them. I connect more to them. This is my culture. So, Chances are I will fund that 
things that represent that first. And so the problem is we as a group, we're not having established our own pools of funding. So what we're looking for, what are all of these solutions where we can? And one thing they talked about, angel investors, um, in the solution cast, they say angel investors are probably the best ones to go for, even before you go to VC. Your angels is the pool. And that could be a crowd of people who want to start an investment fund. Then maybe these crowd of people hey, say, hey, let's all go here to cultural grassroots because we're not going to be funded. See, that's where, like, most, a lot of people that even attend the solution cast are ones who want to be funded. But you can't be funded unless you fund. You know, like, you can't receive mm-hmm. anything with a closed hand. So, right. you know, so we need a people and all come together, and then everybody wants, hey, what about ours? What about ours? And all the black crowdfunding sites, I know they're all worthy of being funded. The well, difference what I right like now. about the structure of cultural grassroots, his focus is the people who want to help. Hey, we want to put some money in. We want to fund things that help in our society. This is our goal. There are not even no projects on there yet. This is a this is the established goal is to create a pool of funding. So pool that's the first thing. Right. Huh? This is a, this, no. Our our goal is to create the pool of funders. There's no okay. money being asked for at culturalgrassroots.com. Culturalgrassroots.com right now is a mm-hmm. proposition. It's a proposition. It is not a portal yet. And okay. I can put this portal up. It's just like everybody else put up a portal. I can put it up myself. But I'm, that's not what this is about. This is about us coming to a consensus around the need for us to take this kind of collective action, that this mechanism is there for us, and that we are gathering in one spot to actually take this kind of action because – like I said, this is is not for it's not a general market proposition. So when we get this crowd together, we will be able. It's about going forward in a like-minded crew of folks to get specific things done. But the point um, about the whole um, I just lost my train on that one. Uh, I was trying to make the point about um, the, the ground up, building it from the ground up. You know, yeah. it's not a top-down thing. It's not. It's not somebody mm-hmm. putting some out there and then throwing some out there, hoping you come, and because it's new and it's fun and it's and it's funny. You know, it's not. It's it's very new. And 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 if you look at the and, and going like I say, it's a blog on the site. There's lots of articles about different aspects of the industry. But check it out because there, I mean, there's different studies I've got listed in that. You know, there's been a plethora of studies, but but you you'll be won't be surprised to find out that yes, people do. And there are studies that are uh, that show that people do fund people that they relate to, that come from the same background, they have the same experiences. Da 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 da. It makes sense. It's human nature, and that's that's where the rationale for uh, black crowdfunding comes from. But that's also where there's a there seems to be a breakdown. That we have got to we entrepreneurs. Us creators, innovators, people who are out in the mix trying to be about it, being about solutions, we have got to come to a consensus around a site because if you go if you put in black crowdfunding right now and you'll get about three or four different sites and if you go to those three or four different sites, what you will find is that they were now they are they are defunct. They no longer exist. There are no more black sites that exist right now. Cultural grassroots is the only site that is still surviving. Every one of them, all the other ones are dead, except 
there's one called BBnomics. Um, it's not dead, dead. It isn't like you can't get anything when you put the name in. You'll get something, but it's the same static page. It's been there for 10 months, the same project. They been yeah, done. someone had referred in a solution cast. They had referred yeah. me to that site, and I could never bring it up. And yeah, there's one other dead. site, you know, a guy just started called Unifaz. He's in beta. And he was looking for the, um, you know, he was, you know, trying to discover. But this is where I hope we can take the time to all come together and come around. This is the type of thing, okay, I don't care what you do, what you do. If you want some success, sign up with culturalgrassroots.com. As you state, it's not even any money, but you don't go up there just to sign up. You're signing up to say, I'm committed to help fund there you go. You know, our ecosystem by that's line. Right. You know, so I'm what committed. you know what yes. So that's what you're saying, I'm committed to. So whatever amount that is when that time comes, that's what you're signing up to say I'm committed that's to right. support. I'm committed and to then, go to the site and look at great projects. And if I see a project I'm gonna throw five dollars at it. You know, that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Well, you know, we know we can all find great projects and you know, those things well, I mean you can search for that's them. That's yeah, just, that's, yeah. That's, that's it's not easy. It's not easy to come up with viable uh, uh, businesses that can, you know, ideas that can turn into actual business. It's really, you know, it takes a minute. And now knowing that people, that the money is there is going to unleash a lot of people who are going, taking their ideas and projects other directions, right? We're going to reclaim, uh, there's a lot of them out there, I can tell you, because I was in the mix with them when I was doing the film distribution. We're going to reclaim a lot of those black entrepreneurs who are in the mix right now in the white world and they're coming out with mediocre um, results. That's what's going on. They're banging their heads against the wall because, like mm-hmm. you say, this is a business of, it's called taste discrimination. And discrimination yeah. is probably the wrong word. It's just that I like this because I just have a feeling about it. And he looks like me and he talks like me and he looks like my son and whatever, whatever. That's why I'm funding him, right? And, he, and oh, yeah, and his idea was cool. That's it. We got to come to grips with that. And that this is how we reclaim all of our entrepreneurs, or as I say, thinkers, tinkerers, and entrepreneurs, our best and our brightest who are creating on our behalf, we got to reclaim them, and this is how we do it. We do it by saying, hey, we're over here at culturalgrassroots.com. What you got? Yes, and we want you to also action network to do the same. Now, um, Again, just to let everyone know that the Urban Tech Fair, like I said, he just responded. We went and checked it out. You know what works works. You know, it's you know it's a it's to me to be honest when it comes to black crowdfunding because I've been studying it for a while. I'm a marketing business strategist, so I got all these people want to do crowdfunding, and when something new comes out, I always study it. Why is it working here, but it doesn't work here? What's the difference? Why can't Sally Joe raise a million plus and so Miss Miss Sally comes with a fabulous idea but she can't raise a hundred bucks? Mm-hmm. What's the difference? So I started studying, I started researching and, and, and you know, there's a mythology for crowdfunding, right? You know, and a lot of us miss it. We just think just because we got a good idea and put it out there, you know, I build it and they will come. No, that doesn't happen. You know, there has to be strategy and it's again it's built on your network. So that's yeah, what it, makes cultural grassroots so important. Network. network is not built on others. 
what attracts people to come, what really attracts the crowd and why the crowd is smart. The crowd is not going to fund anything that has not made 50% of their goal within less than 50% of the time. So if if, if you're up for 30 days and if you made 50% of your goal within 10 days, the crowd, you're going to grow on your crowd outside your network. Yeah. That is what the crowd is on. How much money have you raised? It could be a fabulous idea, but if you get there, you're you're on day twenty eight, five thousand dollar goal, and you raise a hundred dollars, no one's going to fund you. Not outside of your own network. So that's the key right there. That's the key right there, and that's another reason why. Answer to the question why we need our own site is because why would you build? why would we as black folks take our product in our networks, which is currency? Remember, our mm-hmm. networks, that, that's the currency in which this whole thing works. Why are we taking our, our networks and giving money away to Kickstarter or any of the other platforms for, you know what I mean? So if you're, if you're in this thing for you and trying to build some infrastructure, then it just makes sense that you take your currency, your networks, and you plop it down somewhere where we're all plopping our, our networks there, and they're sitting there, and they're not waiting for just, oh, I know Marley. He has some good ideas every three, six, seven years. I'll wait for him. No, we, it, I'm going over a place where these people, are, they, they're, they're waiting because they know lots of Marlins, and they're all waiting for those Marlins to come with those deals. So we've just grown those in networks of people who are into, of supporters. We've grown it exponentially by plopping them down at coastalgrassroots.com. That's all we're doing. We're sitting them there yeah, and yeah. we're saying, we're here, what you got? And then you have great partners like Tonya. This is where we have to learn to collaborate. Now, other um, solution casts we did right before the Silicon Valley, which was our second one, I mean, you know, funding your own Silicon Valley, um, we did was lessons from the hack graveyard. So people go out and have all of these hacks, they had this great, you know, technology, innovation, whatever. They come up with great mm-hmm. ideas. Right. And then, you know, six months later, it's actually a place to go where all of this great technology is just laying there. It's just there. Mm-hmm. It hasn't mm-hmm. been developed because it hasn't. They don't know how to take it from an idea, concept, or from, um, you know, even a product to a business. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's where the incubation is becomes so important, so that you don't go. Because what happens is a lot of people they go to hacks, they get these ideas, they win the money, then they take the money and they do whatever. But their only thing is about going. Some people that's their only that's how they make their money is going around winning hackathons, and mm. they're not necessarily interested in building anything. So you wind up with this massive hack graveyard, or either they do it and they don't know how to move from that point of the, you know, idea maybe winning a competition to actually building a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the business incubation becomes so important. And so yeah, we I like just, yeah, it's an opportunity for us really all to come together. And when you talk about being from New York, now I'm talking about Harlem, not necessarily Brooklyn, but I know it works all around there and within our communities. 
And now all the problems we may say we have, I'm telling you up in New York is where you can find, and maybe small communities, but there are people with money that will support in their true black networks. And, like, Marlon's one of them. He knows, like, hey, I saw this. You went, first thing what you said, hey, let's stack some dough. You had a network of people to go to. Um, Dr. Barbara Ann Tier, who passed away a few years ago, but she founded the National Black Theater, and anybody black in acting can all tell you they've been through there, all the greats, and everyone has been through there. And, and, you, and you can't walk through Harlem and not come through some black great who you just, you know, it's just part of being there. But when we, we have a theater here in Philadelphia, when we started performing, you know, at first we, you know, we paid for our room and then all separate and we had to go to Jersey and, you know, because we couldn't afford to stay in New York. And, and we said, well, can you, the next time we negotiate a contract, performance contract, like, we wanted to put the stay in there, you know, for the hotel stay and all. They said, fine. Well, Dr. Barbara and Tia found our own 10 brownstones. So they were able to put us up, and then when we wanted to eat, um, instead of per diem, we got a card. And there were restaurants mm-hmm. over there on um, 125th Street that we could go to and eat. Mm-hmm. The juice bar, the right. um, across the street from there, they closed down, but there's New Orleans-style food. There's a, there's a black Chinese restaurant a few blocks away. But we could go any of those establishments and eat, you know. And, of course, you know, National Black reimbursed those, but they had a network. So whatever our needs were, that was one of the only times we could go outside of where we were, go to a black theater, eat in black restaurants, be housed by, you know, our whole experience within our own community. Right, right, right. And, you know, these networks are necessary that we establish such, and we have to begin to do that. And um, that's just what's important. And so sometimes I don't think we value the networks we have, even if it's small. But I think yep. the first thing people do when they go to crowdfund, they hit social media and reach out to all these people that don't know you. People that see right. me like, why would I want to fund you? I don't know you from a can of paint. You might have been my friend, but you never said boo to me until you needed some money. And, you know, but there have been things I've funded just because. Well, good ideas, are, good ideas attract, you know, good ideas rise to the yeah. And but again, they were doing well. I do, even though it was a little thing, bit of money, I didn't. I funded them because they were doing so well. They were close to their goal, and whatever I could do to help get them over, I would do that. So, you know, it's it's a strategy when you're actually crowdfunding. But it, for all of those, I'll speak on Mr. Adams' behalf, and um, he obviously has the knowledge of keeping up with the crowdfunding industry. The articles are there. So that's a good place because if you really want to be successful in crowdfunding, it really helps to learn the industry, what's going on, what are the strategies. Because even as you signed up for crowdfunding and um i mean cultural grassroots you sign up and you're a funder when you go there and who you're going to support um or if you want to have a project you still need to be able to know you know how to best do it and so it just helps you know when you learn and to be able to go to one place because I search all over the Internet. So to be able to go to one place and find information on the industry, it's it's just really good. So, 
you know, that's my piece. You know, it's part of the ecosystem. It, you know, it's adding to the solutions. And um, so everyone, just go join the Action Networks to do the same. So, Tanya, you have anything to say? Um, I was listening, and um, you said that you've been studying uh, crowdfunding, especially for uh, black folks and African Americans. And I've looked, and I haven't seen um, our folks raise the kind of money that everybody else is raising. And I well, guess that's like because said, of the lack of our. Like I said it's like we don't study. You don't study the industry. I studied it because I mean I just do that. Like when, yeah. when people started building websites back in the nineties, you know, you know, mm-hmm. that's just kind of what you do. But maybe because I, I, I'm a person that I've been hired to put systems in place. If I'm going to develop a system, I have to understand all the dynamics. And so when I see a website when it first came in ninety, one per they would charge three thousand, and then one person would charge three hundred. And I'm like, well, what's right. the va- that's a vast difference. Why is one charging three thousand, one three hundred? Is it real? Is it Memorex? And then I came to right. learn there was a reason why people was charging three thousand, um, and there was a reason why people were charging three hundred. But three hundred yeah. maybe where you start, but then you had to pay more. You may have to put up more, and then what? Oh, was I think the real I think issue? trying to ask you. That's a quite slightly different question, though. Excuse, I think you were making a point that yeah, the projects that um. Black folks are doing or raising that kind of money. Um, the only black folks raising that have raised substantial money um, are well-known black folks. Well, um, okay. Spike Lee, Lavar um, Burton, Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore raised about six hundred dollars to do a film that he wanted to do. Um, he, you know, he originally wanted to raise about a million four on Kickstarter, but that didn't work out. He didn't, he didn't come close to his goal. Went, went over to Indiegogo and dropped his uh, amount down to six hundred thousand. And when, but when you look at those numbers on those famous black people uh, projects, mm-hmm. what you find out is that they have some significant, <laughs> with significant right. dollars. Like Spike, I mean Steven Soderbergh gave Spike ten thousand uh, dollars, and, and you know some other Hollywood people and the Burns people. You know, there's there's just you know their their network is bigger, so they're coming in. And they're able to get that momentum rolling with their project, and they're able to get media attention on their projects. So those black folks really are not pitching just to black people, right? Right. Yeah. And they're not they're not pitching just black projects. Um, and, and but also too, um, just I'm sorry, just one moment, just to share a strategy on that. Part of what you do, again, this is studying. When you start off your project, one, you need to take at least three months to plan it. You don't just start right, right. Well, it. You, you, don't you, need to, to, you don't have to guess at this, you know. This is our, I'm talking about stuff that, you know, we don't, I mean, this is not hypothetical. This is all This is all the stuff that's been done already. I mean, we're talking Yeah, but about, I said I'm one of the about, things you know, that they do, a lot of times you have commitments when you start. So, yeah, like, okay, right. I plan to start this day. We're going to start on this day. So within, um, I like I've known people, they raised $5,000 in less than 48 hours, but they already had an order. So when they started their plan, the person pays for the order, a $5,000 right, order. You talking about they crowdfunding? Start, yeah, yeah crowdfunding. A crowdfunding, a campaign that you, that you, you know of? Yeah, a guy named Eric Hamilton, he devised this, created this device to turn your um, cell phone into like a computer Turn, mm-hmm. turn into a computer, like a computer top. It's called the um, stick. Right. 
some stick. And what happened, he had been putting out, um, before he started the crowdfunding, he was telling people, you can order, you know, raise money, you can <laughs> order this. And, you know, for different amounts. And one of the amounts was 5000 You you got so many of them. And what happened, um, somebody from Nigeria. That was like a retail, put, I was like the wholesale? Was that like a wholesale offering where you, he, he um, it's like you know, it's almost you purchase it at wholesale, and then you can, and then the lots when they're sold, they come out of your whatever you bought at, at the retail price, and then they send you the money. Is that the similar thing? Well, no, no, no. This was just he was. Um, this was before he even started the crowdfunding. He was, I guess, raising oh, I money you. and get and get in a sense getting pre-orders. So you did get pre-order. it for a good okay, discount. Go. Yeah, it there was a, a pre-orders. It was a good discount. Um, if you bought a certain amount at this pre-stage, you know, like they did it with sub-pack. You know, a lot of people do that. You take pre-orders, yeah, yeah. and you can get a better pricing. And so and somebody from Nigeria came in with that order and said they wanted to purchase. So then mm-hmm. what he did, he turned around and started a Kickstarter for 5000 Well, 48 mm-hmm. hours after, you know, less than 48 hours after he started, the person paid for their order, and they paid for it through the um you know the 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 Kickstarter campaign so okay, in 48 yeah, yeah, hours he made his goal and so he was different. able to almost slightly double his money yeah. hmm right right, right. Yeah, because it became attractive mhm that's right that's right but that's the same principle of of the pre um publicity for your campaign so but yeah yeah I mean, yeah, the, the yeah that's what I'm saying it's like it's a strategy that to that but we don't running the campaign are out there you know what i'm saying you you are the marketer but I'm just saying, a lot of times we just don't. A lot of times the black, you know, a lot of times we as a community we don't know that we just think, yeah, I got a good no, idea. I don't think that's the case. A lot of I think I think there are people like that out there, but I think there are a lot of mostly smart black people who know what they're doing, and it's it's a you know, and not all projects. Only forty percent, forty six percent of like forty three percent of projects get funded on Kickstarter. So you know, a lot of failure that just goes into territory. Uh, black projects yeah. aren't. Uh, of not getting funded at the same rate as some of the other projects. Number one, a lot of the tech projects are really the big funders. They're the ones that get the big dollars, and those yeah. tech projects are are colorblind. They're not, uh, you know, they're they're not about a black community's upliftment or infrastructure building. They're simply about a creator who has a project and he's going to put it out there and he's going to get some money for it. That's all they mm-hmm. do. That's strictly about that product. And the tech world is full. If you did a heat-seeking map, right, and there's, there's studies out there on this too. You would you would see that all the, of all the projects that have been funded, tech is the big dog, and yeah. Silicon Valley is where all the money is coming from, right? So there's there's a pool of people, a small, relatively small group of like-minded people who are literally funding the world they want to see. That's what that's, that's what that's what crowdfunding is right now. Okay, now the social activists are trying to get in because they hear about all this money, but they're not having that kind of as a, like the tech yeah. is having. Tech is and a also, too, the, the niche, the niche is yeah, the, the niche gardens mm-hmm. they they really do go well. Like Kickstarter is primarily known for the tech. There's other things on there, but it's primarily known for the tech. Indiegogo is known for the arts, and that's what again cultural grassroots those. Niche. A lot of times people talk about them, but those wall gardens—they don't have to be big to be lucrative. That's right. Because That's right. the point is, you're bringing together people that already that you know are going to support because that's where their interest is and they're loyal That's to right. it. 
website. Mm-hmm. And you, like you say, um, Kickstarter does it all, but you're right. Tech is a but, but tech overall is big in, in crowdfunding in the industry. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about just Kickstarter. In the industry itself, well, Kickstarter is the only one doing any real uh, the volume that you can really study. Indiegogo is doing okay. You know, they're pretty, pretty good, but Kickstarter is the big dog, and they're doing the kind yeah. of volume where you're getting the, the, where the analytics are really starting to, to, to reveal a lot about what's going on, and there's different studies. My latest article on the site, um, um, crowdfunding, crowdfunding the dream in 2015, I've got a, a link to a um, to 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 a uh, article, not an article, but a study there um, that's very interesting about gender-based um, um, dynamics in crowdfunding, which are can a lot of analogies can be made to black folks with the gender-based studies. Um, but uh, the long story short is that yeah, it's 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 very specific people. Now you have to get into the psychology of this because if you think about the tech people, they you know these people are funding things like the Oculus Rift, for instance, or the Pebble Watch. Oculus Rift is a virtual reality headset, right? They funded that thing at to the tune of, I believe, the, the final dollars on the Oculus Rift was ten million. I think they funded it too, and he, he was looking for like a hundred thousand or something. He got it for ten million. Wow! Uh, and, he, and they and, and they overfunded it. Now think about that. They overfunded the project two, two three, four times. They kept just kept giving them more money. That's a certain psychology. That's a, and this is this is deeper than just you know this is about you know how you are raised what your expectations are how you see yourself in the world and and we black people we can't simply we simply just can't replicate that we can't not just out of the bat because we have a lot of damage that has been done to you know psychologically and that kind of like optimism and forward thinking. Is just not going to express itself economically the same way for us, you know. Uh, is what I'm finding is black folks are having a hard time with crowdfunding because they don't hear they don't hear anything in it for them. They're saying, "Well, what am I getting? Why am I getting files? Oh, a t-shirt? I want no damn t-shirt. What am mm-hmm. I getting? Well, no, you're getting the satisfaction of knowing that you can now go to a, a black and sexy TV and watch something that you enjoy." You go to Netflix, you well, go you, to the movies, you go anywhere, and you and this is where you're consuming this stuff. And if you want to see stuff that relates to you, you relate to that reflects your life and ambitions, then you're going to have to put the money up, you know, put a dollar up, put a couple dollars up. That's what you're getting out of it, you know. Well, you know, when you were talking about film and telling you you were talking about doing the descriptive film, I think the one thing we really need to come up with, and guys, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, but I have great ideas, okay? So any artists out there, I could use some help. But we need to do infographs as much as possible and even a short film showing the idea, not showing, but showing how dollars recycle themselves. Intellectually, we speak, but I'm talking the everyday person. I'm talking about people from in my church and all. And believe you, my church is a place you'll come by, and there's a black Jesus in the stained glass window holding up a sign that says "I love you." You know, the deaf sign for "I love you" because we're a deaf ministry, but we're very, you know. You come in and all the shepherds and all will be black painted on the murals on the wall in the um, foyer. So, you know, with that kind of church and still with being that kind of church and as different as it is, I would hear people talking about, ha-ha, that's a black business. You know, just things they're saying to say they won't support black businesses. And then I've had honest discussions, people asking me, what difference do it make? 
And they're not mm-hmm. being smart or facetious. They just don't really understand when you talk about recycled dollars. Because one person was honest enough to say, I don't know what you mean by recycled dollars. And so you have to show them how, okay, if you support a black business that is in your neighborhood and they hire black people, because this business is um, in your neighborhood or because this is a black business that's sustaining itself, now that they can keep up their home. If their home is in a black neighborhood, that goes for property values. And so instead of the property values going down, the property value can raise and go up. They can keep up their home and establishment. And because chances are they're black, they're going to put their money into black concerns and things that affect you, whether you live locally or globally. So those black concerns that you have that you will notice politically that all other people don't have, this is a more likely person to put money or fund it and support it because it's within their interest. But if this person yeah. can't eat, if you know, if they can't survive, they can't hire black folk, they can't support their housing, you know, so yeah. well, and that we expectation have a really big problem. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a big problem. You you know about the study that, that um the, the family, the, the husband and wife, the sister and brother did the study and they lived on trying to buy black for Yeah, I, yeah, I know her personally, yeah. She has a group um, fans of the yeah, Empowerment so, Foundation. So, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So and so what you know what she's making money on right now? Talking to white people. <laughs> telling them about their hair experience and trying to come up with some old gimme program about, oh, we'll help black people be black people. Um, the, the truth of the matter is, and, you know, people don't want to really hear it, but the bottom line is that we, you know, it's gonna, we have to be strategic about on our entrepreneurialism right now because, unfortunately, you know, we've surrendered most of our life to the corporate providers, as it were, and mm-hmm. there's very little that there's very little that you can competitively reclaim, okay, in in your everyday life. So a black business um, who's just out there, uh, there's nothing going to be special necessarily unless you've got something special or you're doing something particularly special. And there's not really much uh, on the low end that's particular to black people unless, you know, I mean, I can see a guy coming because black women always talk about, you know, jeans not being tailored right. So I can see somebody coming out with something that's really specifically tailored to a certain, you know, a, a predominant body type within the black community. I can see that, that, that kind but of also, You know, there. also, too, right. but, there but, are experiences but, but, but. that a lot of times, but we don't promote it. Like, I, I know some dynamite black businesses, but they can get in their shell, but they don't promote, like, when I go, you know, whenever I can, period. If if I have a choice, yeah, well, if well, all we're not talking about equal, the individual black business. That's the point. Yeah, but, that we, but yeah, but I'm just saying, like, talking about yeah. you know, we have to get past mm-hmm. the individual black business because um, he has to the individual black business person has to compete in the marketplace for themselves. Unless now, strategic businesses are like if you're in the natural hair care business. Now, now you're talking about a business where you are actually in a position to not only be the retailer, but can be connected to the the R and D, right? Or, mm-hmm. or be, you know, you've got so we can actually get in at that level. If you want to get into grocery business in New York City, you you're going to get your supplies from the Chinese folk. Yeah, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Yeah, no. So you you ain't gonna survive in that. Guess what? You being black ain't gonna help you. <laughs> and you said all the vendors and in Philly on fifty. People, the vendors in Philly, I'm telling you, they go to New York for, to the Koreans go. and get all their stuff. <laughs> that's the whole thing. And, and, every, and everybody black knows you got to go to the Koreans. So guess what? They go to the Koreans too. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you can't win that battle. You can't win that battle by yourself. You can't win that battle by claiming, oh, I'm black, come over here and, 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 and patronize my stand. Well, your stand is not competitive. And that's, just the, that's just the truth of the matter. You're probably mm-hmm. going to have to charge a little bit more, right? Yeah. And your stuff is going to be, your produce is going to be around a little bit longer because the cat down the street is, you know, he's part of that network. You know, going back and forth yeah, to New York. Yeah, yeah, and they get it a lot cheaper, yeah. And they, they get it a lot cheaper because they're part of all, and, all and, advertising. Yeah. And, and the Philly wholesalers, the they get their stuff in the same. When I go up to New York, that's where the Philly wholesalers get their stuff. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and, you you know, go. But, but we have to be smart about this entrepreneurial thing, strategic entrepreneurialism. So um, mm-hmm. it, it, it requires a, you So know, maybe that's to be a part of the topics when we go to the solution cast. Is, yeah, I think. You know, definitely, we say crowdfunding, but, you know, how we be strategic about it and how that's do right. we, you know, really leverage it, you know, it's a point to become part of the ecosystem. It, it's how definitely. How do you crowdfund? Funding to help us build an infrastructure of self-sufficiency in the strategic mm-hmm. opportunities that we have. Images mm-hmm. and stories is strategic because nobody can tell a black black story better than the black folks. Nobody wants to see a black story more than black folks. That's a business we should dominate. That's a whole infrastructure from financing to production to distribution to sales and marketing. We should dominate the whole business of producing black images and stories, from to film and television to books and plays. It there should be there should be nobody does it better than us. Definitely. So, um, Tonya, and um, and I agree one hundred percent. And I guess because I think a little differently, um, because when you talk about the corporate world, um, when I said that we're a research organization, we've studied how corporations have come together to look at the global economy and how billion-dollar organizations have decided that in order for them to compete in the global economy, because everybody was kicking their butt too internationally, that they came together. And so I'm saying the same thing. I'm not just interested in black folks um, just working in businesses that are only for black folks. We need to sell to everybody else, everybody. I mean, look at the global marketplace. People buy what we sell. They buy what we do internationally. So, you know, the I mean, we just we do definitely have to I be am, on the end of that on the end of right, that. But the in, exactly. The infrastructure that I'm talking about is about the businesses that are there cooperating to compete on the global marketplace. That's why I keep saying that our incubator is not typical and that it is we're talking about it being virtual and we're also talking about it being owned by the people who also are business professionals, who also are entrepreneurs, who just need the infrastructure that can support them to make sure that they are attached or that they they are given the opportunity to do business as a major group with these other groups so that they can get these major discounts that everybody else gets because it's not just one business. 
The reason that the Chinese and everybody else get these major, huge discounts is because it's not just one person going after them, doing it by themselves. And that's always been our problem. Um, we worked with the Minority Business Development Center in San Diego when we were doing our research. And he was number one in the country because the Koreans would come to him as a group and say, hey, we can get the contract. The Mexicans would come to them as a group. And then black folks would come as one person trying to go after a multimillion-dollar contract instead of saying, oh, I've got my partner over there. He's doing the same thing that I'm doing. He's doing. And so um, we're, we're saying that in order for us to understand how we need to really collectively be working together to build this major, and I'm talking about a collaborative infrastructure that really is an incubator. And, you know, my husband calls it like an airport or like a mall, you know, and but that we all are member owners, but we still all own our own business. And then we're the ones that have to train our young people and be the example for them. But at the same time, we have to partner with them. We can't just say we want to support you without partnering with you so you get something from it, too. These investors that invest in these, when, when I said we ran the largest multimedia incubator in downtown Los Angeles, we attracted $75 million in venture capital dollars to the companies that were a part of the incubator. But like you said, they didn't look like us, and the people in the incubator look like them. So... They were, you know, they gave them the money. It was hard for us to raise money for black folks because black folks were investing. We're not investing in black folks. And so we know what we need to do in order to make sure that we change it. It's about the science of seeing. Our folks, you know, they, they have to see it happening. And so if we join Yeah, and you do have to definitely do those visuals. I think that would help a lot of yes, people. I know it seems definitely. we're all on like mind, but a lot of people just, because they don't see it in their everyday lives. Exactly. Like, you know, I was lucky. I'll admit I'm lucky. You know, I happened to just run into people when my husband passed and I couldn't go back to a nine to five. It happened to be a mainline gallery that was black-owned that I could go work in near my grandson's school. He could come very family-oriented, went to work for another art gallery the same way. And even till today, those relationships are established. And so, you know, my grandson got to and see you know what? How, black folks differently, but it was luck. Hmm? How beautiful. And we need to be able to film that and showcase that and the success that came from that, and make it, you know, global. And why not have, um, you see, the, I'm not the one. You know, I'm just the president. I'm not the one. We've got these young people that are working with us who have the talent to do all these things. I was just looking for another person to bring on board to work with us to get this done. And that's, what, that's, that's my job. My job is to reach out and find the key people who are smart enough and who are like-minded enough that understand that it's about thinking and then let's just do it. You know, we're a think tank first, but the think tank has done the research. We, you know, Paul, my husband, you know, he's done over 40 years' worth of research, and just like you guys have done the research on the crowdfunding and 
and thank you. And and I know that some of these actors that have gotten money is because these they got a following, and it's not a black following, okay? And that's okay. And we, you know, we can oh, get yeah, money from okay. everybody else. That's fine. You know why? Because we buy from everybody else. So we should be yeah. able to get those global dollars and not just the dollars yeah. in our community. And we should it's be able to It's just where we spend put- our money. <laughs> the thing about it, you can get yeah. it from everywhere, but where are you going to, now where are you going to put it? You know, so it's that when we get our money that we put it into our community and into our own infrastructure. Right. Exactly. But you know what? How do we change? We have to show them a film. And the reason I say that, I don't know if you, but but if you remember the 70s when they had those black exploitation films, and I swear, I used to see people with Rolls Royces on, Rolls Royce grills on Volkswagens because they saw it on the movie, okay? Mm -hmm. And, And the super fly hair and all the other stuff. And look at the kids today with their pants hanging down because that's what they see. And so the world is doing that. And so we're doing things a little bit differently because um, we're looking at our young military brothers who have just gotten out of the military, who understand leadership, who understand loyalty, who have a major work ethic that will be able to mentor to our young men and women and, 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 and teach them that we have to create collaborative businesses that are going to give themselves jobs. That's how we have to revitalize and rebuild our communities. We've seen that when business incubators are done like major corporate partners to start up companies and small businesses and for our people with great ideas, that they help change a community. And the reason that they help is because finally people have a job and finally people can take care of themselves and they can, you know, pay their taxes and take care of their families and they can, you know, and then they feel good about themselves and they can tithe more at church. And, you know, so that's where we are right now. And so I'm on here and I, when I heard about black crowdfunding, that was my interest because anybody that's doing something like that, I want to know them. And I want to say that that some kind of way we need to collaborate because we're doing something a little bit different. We're thinking totally out the box. And the reason that we are is because we've done the research, not me, but Paul McDonald, my husband, who is a Vietnam vet. And the reason that he's been able to do that kind of research is because when he was in the military, he was a video engineer cameraman, and what he saw was that they created scenarios, they created models before they let those boys go over to Vietnam. They used to hang him out of the bottom of a plane and and over Vietnam and take pictures of the terrain so that they could come back and replicate it so that when they went there, they knew what it was going to look like so that they, you know, didn't make those mistakes. So we're saying we have to be smart enough to do the same thing. That's all. So please excuse me, but I'm I'm really happy that this conversation is happening. And that's the reason I said I didn't want to say a lot in the very beginning because I wanted to hear what everybody, you know, and what the conversation was before I started jumping in. So please forgive me. Well, we just want to we want to thank you, Mr. Adams, and thank you, Tanya, as well, and the callers on the line and everyone listening in. This has been a great conversation. 
We will be following this in April, so make sure that you sign up at urbantechfair.com. If you click on join, get on the list so you'll know. Um, what's the exact date? I have to look it up again. We had a long conversation, but it will be in mid-April on a Wednesday that we will be doing a solution cast, and we're going to take the conversation a little bit um, further. I think give Mr. Adams more time to just, you know, speak, um, you know, a little bit more technically and um, about the infrastructure. And at that time, we definitely want everyone ahead of time, so everyone that's listening in, get your networks, get everyone involved. We want to see how many people at that time we can get to join Cultural Grassroots. It's just finding out with your email, make sure that Urban Tech Fair joined, and, you know, that's all we need to do. But there, he has a specific goal and a specific number that they need to reach, and I'll let him tell you that. And, um... We all want to be about making that happen. And um, so it's just important to commit. You know, we can't just ask for money from one another. We have to be committed to give. So if you're committed to, I'm going to, you know, financially support to help build our ecosystem, you know, whatever that may be, whatever way that may be, this is a way that you can make that commitment. And then, once you, you know, you commit and then when opportunity comes up, you have the opportunity to choose how you want to support it. But um, that's all we have to say here. So I am going to let Mr. Adams close us out, give us his call to action, whatever he wants us to do next. And um, you have 30 seconds in the whole world listening, Mr. Adams. What would you have us to know? Mr. Adams? Yeah, I'm there. You hear me? Okay. Now we can hear you. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. This has been great. I appreciate the opportunity, and thanks for thinking about cultural grassroots and um, and having the opportunity to talk about crowdfunding and how it applies to some of the things that we would like to see. Um, it was, it's fantastic. It's part of what we're doing, and it's um. The bottom line is, folks, whoever's listening, um, take a minute, uh, go to your Internet browser, put in culturalgrassroots.com, go to the site, browse around, uh, register, leave your email, confirm that you've registered, and be on the lookout for some of the good things that we expect to happen with crowdfunding and, and, and culturalgrassroots.com. All right. So thank you, and everyone, we will be next back here on the Digital Drummer next week, same time, where we'll be talking to women in technology. So we, women rule. And you can do, <laughs> you can do your, um, what's the let's stand sign, your slash, fact, F-A-C-T, you close it with the greater than sign, women rule, and then you close it with your fact. So it's, oh, it's greater than fact. It's less than fact, greater than sign, women rule. Then you go back to your less than, your slash fact, and you close it out with your greater than <laughs> sign. So women rule. <laughs> okay. So we're talking to women in technology. Great. It's a round table. Look forward to it. <laughs> okay. Everybody have a great week. And, again, go to urbantechfair.com, click on join, and sign up so that we can keep you informed.
Good night. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.